1: Hello and welcome. Yes, it's our bonus Q&A episode of Books of the Year uh, in the studio with journalist and author Araminta Hall. Uh, She has already talked at length about One of the Good Guys, which is her uh, latest novel. Uh, But here comes the far more grueling um, Q&A. Actually, it's quite fun. So, Araminta, what is the last book that you really, really enjoyed reading?
2: Um, I really loved um Rebecca Mackay's I Have Some Questions for You. I don't know if any of you've no. of you read it. It's a really I mean, I loved um I think. I think she's just an amazing writer. Um, but um it's a sort of it's a campus novel, you know, set in America. It's a campus novel that sort of has everything that I um, I sort of love in a book. And you two would love it because it's about um a woman who's a very successful podcaster and she goes back to her. um, It's a sort of a very posh um, boarding school in, I can't remember where it is, but it's somewhere like Vermont or somewhere like that. But anyway, she goes back to the school to teach a summer camp on podcasting and she asks the students what they want to focus on. And of course, um, while she was a student at the school, um, one of her classmates was brutally murdered um, and it was this big, again, this big national um, um, sort of media frenzy around the case. But the killer was, um, a a, a, a man was put into prison um, and they want to reinvestigate it. So it's partly a reinvestigation of the crime, but actually the, the really interesting part of the book, I think, is how she looks at how we look at women who have been murdered or um and 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 also the people that we want to be guilty of crimes. And it's just it's a really, really interesting look at the whole sort of media and podcasting and everything around the true crime um genre. So I I absolutely loved it. And she's just such a brilliant writer as well. So
1: I have some questions for
0: you.
2: Yeah. By... Rebecca Mackay.
1: Rebecca Mackay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Is there a, a book or an author that you will always pick up if you want to be cheered up?
2: Um, I, I mean I want to say Sue Townsend because I just oh, love wow, yeah, Adrian yeah. Mull so yeah. much. I mean that I you know, I first read that probably when I was about thirteen. I can't remember exactly when it came out, but I just I mean his diaries are just they just make me laugh out loud and I love them. So yes, that would be that would be my cheering up. Those those
0: are the first books I read where I genuinely couldn't keep going because I was crying with laughter. Absolutely. So it was just, I mean, that that first one, that was the, f- the first book I read that I hadn't been told to read. Yeah. And everyone at school was like, you've got to read this. That's this a, is amazing.
2: That's my experience. That's exactly how I remember it. Like we were all reading it and I feel like we were all around that age, but I can't actually remember. And yeah, and just... And then they just went on. They never they never um, waned in brilliance. No. So you can read all of them. And I mean, I can still remember specific entries. And, you know, they'll make me sort of mm. chortle as I think of <laughs> that.
0: The one that always makes me <laughs> giggle is because it's set in sort of the early 80s. And the announcement is made that the Argentinians have uh, invaded the Falkland Islands. And Adrian Milstead panics <laughs> until he looks at a map of where the Falkland Islands <laughs> are. And he goes, all right, back to bed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll be fine. I interviewed Sue Tanzan a couple of times because she was. This is um,
1: on Five Live because she, because of her site, she was a big radio fan anyway, yeah. and she listened to radio all the time. Mm. And she, she was fantastic company. I mean, she just was fully engaged. She, you know, and all the, you know, when the newsreader. Uh, came in because it was a, a desk like this. So the sport would be exactly where Matt is and the newsreader would come and sit with you And she would know all of them, you know, as soon really? as they opened. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She really would I I
2: don't think you make. could write like that unless you were a sort of funny, generous, amazing person. So,
1: so um, we're big fans of libraries uh, mm-hmm. on this podcast. Uh, do you visit a library? Do you go occasionally? Do you never go? When was the last time you used one?
2: Well... I live in Brighton and we have a brilliant huge library in Brighton um so um I I'm not I'm not uh I'm not a really regular user because I'm really pathetic I have to I I can't write I would love to be a writer who could write in coffee shops or libraries or but I am so easily distracted that I have to sit at home and try not to think about anything else but will find myself sort of doing the washing or something instead but um so i i i can't remember the last time i visited the library i also i buy books because i just i love owning them so if i i'm i'm more likely to buy a book um and i suppose this books i write don't i don't need to research i don't need to get like huge books out of the library to research but um i used to go to the library a lot when my children were little and take them to like story times and music times and Actually, my daughter has just been home from university, and she spent a loads of time in Brighton Library um, working. So, um, and it's it's one of those places actually that I mean it's right in the centre of town. So, you, I walk past it all the time, and it sort of makes me feel happy.
1: <laughs> um, just for Matt, ask another question. I did it, one of the one of the first book talks that I did was to. Um, a bunch of libra- librarians and it was like the annual conference you know yeah and it was and it was fantastic and I had never seen so many librarians uh, in one room it was literally two or three hundred 99 percent were women oh really and I w- and I w- asked them all so why why is this and none of them actually had a had an answer but librarians are overwhelmingly female and they the only approach that we got to half a decent question was that it is one of the caring professions and that therefore maybe it attracts women in anyway.
2: Uh, wow well, yeah no I think that is probably true also it's not paid very well <laughs> which is often, often women often end up in those jobs um, and also it's one of those jobs actually uh, someone who when my kids were at primary school um a woman I knew um when when the children left primary school and went and she she became a librarian I think it's a job you can maybe go into okay. after I don't know though I don't know the answer to that.
1: school librarians are on the front line. I think they should have three times more pay in- yes. instantly
2: absolutely <laughs> because
0: they're they're you know if you get the, if you
1: get the habit at school you might get the habit when you leave school, I know.
0: I'm also gratified to hear you say that you get distracted easily because oh it is so distracting. I'm a huge fan of Marina Hyde's writing. She came yeah. on the podcast probably about a year ago and talked about how she can literally write anywhere. Really? She can write with with kids running around the ankles. Doesn't matter. I can still write. And I was like, Oh my mm. god making me feel awful
2: yeah i feel really jealous I, I mean in brighton especially i have so many writer friends who go to cafes to write and they can't believe i don't I mean, i'm like i would just sit and it. look at people but the and internet's the
1: problem it's the other side of the screen the other side of that screen you're tapping into you can buy
2: socks <laughs> so
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and i can get some shoes and oh and a glass a bottle of wine yeah, yeah, yeah. there yeah. you go oh no i'm better switch that off uh, <laughs> no you
2: can put all those things on your phone you know so you it turns the internet off for like 40 minutes or something.
1: Dickens never had this
0: trouble. No, he didn't. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't. We, are, we are better than Dickens. <laughs> yeah. um, do you have a favourite TV or film adaptation of a book?
2: Um, I, do you know, I really, really loved um, The Quiet Girl, which is an adaptation of Foster by um, Claire, Claire Keegan's novel, Foster. Uh-huh. I huh. I just adore Claire Keegan's writing. I just th- think she's so amazing. And I really loved The Quiet Girl. I sort of didn't, ex- I I was sort of scared because, you know, when you've absolutely adored a book and you think, I can't, you know, surely the film's not going to be as good. But it it really was. I absolutely loved it. So I would say that would be, the the best one i've seen recently
0: do you you think it works when the person who's written the book is also involved in the adaptation has been um has been involved in that as indeed you are
2: yeah yeah i i i don't know i mean i i I think you have to i mean yes because i have got a couple of things being done at the moment and i think you have to accept and understand that it's a completely different medium and The way you tell a story on film or on TV is obviously going to necessarily be different. So I think you can't be precious. I think you have to. um...
1: Oh, but you do have to be precious. Do you think? (laughs) Oh,
2: yes. (laughs) Or am I going to. No, you're right. You're
1: absolutely right. You shouldn't be, but you are. You can't say that. He's my character. (laughs)
2: I know, but I got. I think. Well, maybe I'm just too sort of pathetically grateful that anyone is doing anything for me. I just say yes to everything, I'm like, oh my god, it's so brilliant, you know. But actually, I'm really lucky. I'm working with some re- truly incredible people, um, and um, I mean, I'm not even really working with them. That's much more grandiose than my actual thing, which is just to read a script and be like, yeah, it's really great. Um, so um, I, I do. They are incredible storytellers and I do trust what they're doing. But um, I guess if they really, really veered I mean, yeah, massively yeah, yeah. from your book, you yeah. would feel really depressed by it. But I mean, the biggest thing is because both the things that are happening for me are in America. And like the first question they asked was, can we set it in America? So I think once you've said yes to that, you're like, OK, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to let them go. With now,
1: we always like to surprise our guests with a question from a fan. So <laughs> here is a question from fellow novelist Dorothy Coombson. Hi everyone, hi Araminta, it's Dorothy Coombson here. Um, Araminta, as you know, I loved one of the good guys and I've been meaning to ask you ever since I read it, what did you find most challenging about it? You seem to get into the characters' heads so well and I was wondering if that was challenging for you in any way and if it wasn't, what part of writing the book was? Okay, bye. Thanks, that's Dorothy Coombson. Um, it's a very good question. She's slightly too close to the microphone. A bit close to
0: the mic there, Dorothy. <laughs> Another sorry. six
1: inches back, and that yep. would have sounded yep. uh, fine. But but um, what's <laughs> sorry, audio nerds. Um, what do you what do you think? What Dorothy? What, what's your answer to that?
2: Um, well, yeah, I mean that is she has obviously <laughs> as as the brilliant novelist she is. She has seen what the what the problem would be. I think when you write three, I've you know I have three first person narrators in this novel, which I was really scared to do but I couldn't actually think of another way of doing it so I went with it and I you just have yes I mean that that was probably the hardest part was making the three of them really distinct because yeah it's so easy to I think especially when you're writing first person it's so easy to let yourself get into it a little bit or just or yeah you you've written a whole section from somebody's point of view so you're still hearing them in your head I mean yeah so it was I really had to work at that. But I did also find the social media really hard. Um, yeah, making, F- and, and traditional media, like really honing down how each piece, the tone of each piece, I guess.
0: Uh, if you were to go back to university, what would mm. you what would you study or would you do the same thing that you did the first time?
2: I mean, I probably would. I did English and, you know, I probably would do that again because I'm, a massive nerd and just have just always read just so much and just love reading and it is my only hobby <laughs> literally <laughs> so um i probably would but actually my daughter is doing history at the moment and um i think it's fascinating like she'll tell me you know every holiday or whatever she she'll talk about the topics that she can do next term and it's just such a fascinating course and actually i mean you know no it's not not an amazing thing to say but it, it it so informs obviously how we live now and I just and also there were just so many incredible stories obviously so I yeah I, th- I feel like maybe I would do history I don't It would
0: be great to be able to just do a taster of yeah. the, a history course rather than having to commit to like 3 or 4 years exactly. of doing it I just can I have 6 months yeah. please of the good stuff
2: Exactly and the thing about history that stresses me out which I suppose is the same as english actually is that you you couldn't possibly cover the whole of history, just like you couldn't no. possibly read the whole of English literature. And so it, it, there was, I I always get that feeling of, oh, but you are not you are not you are not finding out everything. But um,
1: you'd be a
0: nightmare student anyway, Matt. <laughs> yeah, just give me yeah,
1: the good stuff. It's not about good
0: stuff. Don't give me poetry and don't give me the Tudors. <laughs> just you know. Is there a, a favorite place that you have to write?
2: Well, yeah, boringly at my kitchen table because I'm so easily distracted. I mean, it's not even a favourite place. It's just um, I would love to be able to say, yes, I have this little cafe I go to that's brilliant. But
1: but a kitchen is a kitchen and other people have rights in the kitchen as well. <laughs> I so know. Yeah. What, what do you say to them when they... Well, I
2: move around the house. And actually, there aren't many people in my house anymore. I mean, my husband goes... Away for work, and my youngest child is sixteen, so she would rather do anything than spend (laughs) any time with me or be in the kitchen. And my older two children were ones at university, and ones moved out and lives in London. So I am, I am sort of alone in the kitchen quite. It's quite boring though, because I do sometimes feel like that's why I walk a lot actually, because there has to be a point in the day (laughs) that I leave the house and. See is another vista. Otherwise, the
1: kitchen is the is the biscuit tin, isn't it? Well, yeah. there, there is that as well.
0: Coffee,
2: yeah, yeah. All are you things. looking out onto the garden? Yes, I do look out onto a garden, which is very nice. I do move around the house as well, but you know, sort of, I'll go and sit on the sofa <laughs> for a really big change.
0: <laughs> so, how are you ordering your your bookshelves uh, at home now? We have had we've had so many different variations on this, and um, we had John Boyne last year. Uh, who orders his by geography, which wow. was fabulous. Yes. Um, There's a UK section, an America section, you know, Ireland, Ireland section. Is My goodness. Amazing. Uh, okay. So is it ordered? First, first question, is it ordered? Second question, off the back of that, into what?
2: I mean, no, is the answer. <laughs> I have the most disorderly, and I also have a terrible problem in that I can't throw books away. That is one thing. My husband is always saying to me, please, can we just get rid of the piles of books mm. that we are knocking over on a daily basis and I sort of say yes, yes, I will, and then I just can't bring myself to throw them away. Uh well not throw them away, obviously give them away. Um I mean I had new bookshelves built last year and I think I filled them in about a week. (laughs) And I no, there is no rhyme or reason to my bookshelves and things that put in the top, you know, Uh, all uh, the, the books lying along the top I can never find anything. No, unfortunately. I wish I was that person, but no.
1: We have some very high bookshelves. Well, they start like at chest height and then they go up to the ceiling. Yeah. And I only noticed last week that my my brother's written uh, a number of books and all his are right at the top, which clearly implies that they're never taken out. Yeah. (laughs) You need a ladder to get to them. So it's actually quite an inch. So I'm hoping he doesn't notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that he listens to this podcast. No,
2: exactly. Anyway,
1: um, so... Uh, Let's finish with dinner, and you're throwing a fantasy dinner party. Mm. You can invite three authors, living or dead, who's coming.
2: Okay. Patricia Highsmith, Mm -hmm. Iris Murdoch, and Margaret Atwood would be my fantasy dinner guests. Because? because I mean, they've well I, I mean yes, obviously yeah. but yeah um well um because well I'd quite like Patricia Highsmith to bring her snails <laughs> no no I mean I just, and I mean well they're three of my favorite writers and they've written three of my all-time favorite books obviously I mean Patricia Highsmith you know obviously I think is probably the greatest thriller writer that has ever lived so I would just Ask her questions all night, or which I feel like she'd be really unreceptive to. I think she'd sort of hate me, Patricia Highsmith. But it was worth. Get it on. A, do you think I'd get on? No. Do you think this at
1: this, this dinner party? Do you think all those writers yes, would get on?
2: I do actually. I mean, I think I would probably be the odd one out. They'd find me frivolous or something. I think they would really get on because, I mean, Iris Murdoch was just she was just so fantastical and. um, She must have just been so incredible to sit and chat to because her mind must have gone in so many different ways and and just it must be dizzying to sort of talk to her. And she was obviously so clever. I just really want her to speak. (laughs) Um, And The Sea, The Sea is one of my absolute all-time favourite novels. So, Um, And Margaret Atwood, I mean, obviously I have listened to her being interviewed so many times and she just knows about everything and she is so wise and I'd sort of want to ask her what's going to happen in the future because she seems to know what's going to happen in the future before it happens um I just think they would all be fascinating not not just about writing I think actually they'd probably wouldn't even want to talk about writing any of them I think they would just want to talk about the world and the world as they see it and I think they all have just such a different take on how the world is that it would be completely fascinating.
0: I, I, so I don't know anything about Patricia other than other than through her writing. She strikes me; she might be a bit dark, and I mean that in a very, very good way. That it would be—you don't want somebody at the, at the dinner party who's just going to be sweetness and light the whole time because she's
2: definitely, uh, not, she's definitely yeah. not that. She's
0: uh, definitely not that. Well, I, again, I only know her through the writing. Well, I don't know how she, you know, how she was, but you know, I only want people who are sweetness and light. Well, it would get—it would get like having constant sorbets wouldn't it It'd be like i've had enough of this can we just have someone who's just going to go i'll tell you what's wrong bang she wouldn't and she just... drunk
2: a lot as well i think okay. like because i've read her diaries and obviously, and which is sort of three thousand pages her diaries and um and yeah there's a lot of Lausch behaviour and, and, you know, and all that. I think she'd be really fun. I think she'd be dancing on the table. We well, should either sort of find it all really boring and not want to speak, or she'd be dancing on the table by the end of the night. So I think it would be good.
1: Aaron Hall's <laughs> uh, book is One of the Good Guys, published by Macmillan. It's out now. You can hear a talk specifically about that book in our other... Uh, a podcast which came out a few days ago remember if you want to get in touch you can email us at any time books of the year at yahoo.com or via the socials back next week going to be joined by ex cia agent well he claims
0: yeah so he's an
1: author previous podcast david mccloskey uh who you'll remember from our last conversation is ridiculously good-looking, yeah. fantastically oh. talented, and therefore I don't believe a, Not word, a word that he says. <laughs> anyway, his new novel is Moscow X. We'll talk about that on our next podcast. Thank you for listening. Hope you can join us then.